Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. This show is a presentation of horror, thriller, and suspense, and is intended for mature audience. Join us at your own risk. Well, welcome to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. Happy to have you today. Uh, brought to you by the Death Parade Film Festival, happening Saturday, December 3rd at the Prime Cinemas Theatres. Uh, first wave of selections has already been announced, um, and we are super excited uh, to have another physical event. Um, Prime Cinemas is a beautiful theater. Uh, Tahama County is a wonderful area, and uh, we are excited to put a live venue together and uh, host a a full day of horror, thriller, and suspense. I think it's going to be fun. Tickets are on sale on Eventive for $20. Or you can wait to buy it at the door for $25. But I don't know why you might do that. Save $5. Purchase it now. You know, just get it over with. <laughs> Save that money. Save that money. Use Five dollars that, that you save could be popcorn. Or soda. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or a pizza slice. Exactly. There you go. Oh, uh, oh yeah, they do have pizza. Yeah. Red bunnies, crows, dots. I want to say that. I heard it on the Grim Blood podcast there was going to be pizza. <laughs> well, on the show today, we have Joyce Meadows, longtime veteran actress. Thank you for joining us, Joyce. You're so welcome. And uh, let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts. Kevin Nicholson, writer for Horror News Net, We Belong Dead Magazine, Scary Monsters Magazine, and he will and Horror Nation. He'll write for you for the right price. That's right. <laughs> I sell myself to, you know, to, I sell myself for the lowest cost. Oh, you do? <laughs> I, you know. Alameda. You're not a horror host. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. I like that one. <laughs> Al Omega, host of Creature Features. How you doing, Al? I'm holding up. Getting too much stuff done. It's getting ready to get busy here. Halloween is happening. And I'll go ahead and say it that he's a nominee for the face of horror. The face of, you know, which is the premier title for horror hosts. You go to, was it faceofhorror.com? Yes, I think so. Because normally people just say I have a horrible face. But now we can actually get a proper title to it. There you go. You know, I just read the uh, what the winner gets off this. They get uh, nice. a one-on-one photo shoot with Kane Hodder, who was the the man in behind Rue in Rue yeah, Magazine. Photo shoot, Rue Moore Magazine, and you get to be flown to Buffalo, New York, where they uh, at the mansion, uh, Buffalo Bill's house, where they shot it for Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Sure, that's pretty dang cool. So vote yes. for Alameda. Thank you. Can vote daily. <laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. Let's not leave out there's a cash prize which will allow me to make oh. my first standalone film. So, <laughs> how much blood can I get? I have plans. Drain all that you can, you know. Start storing up my own. That'd be a great perk, you know, that, that I would actually siphon off some of my own blood and store it over the period of time and add it to the blood mix. That in the splatter there, so I'm really putting my heart and soul and blood into the film. Kiss did it with their comic book. I think that was a plot of a Hammer film, uh, you know. Actually, it might, uh, it might have been. Drac- what well, was Dracula's blood and all this stuff, you know? Oh, don't talk to me about Dracula. That's next week's movie, man. Oh, That's it. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, we wow, we're just so you know overwhelmed, uh, so happy to you know to have. Yes. Uh, Joyce Meadows, 
uh, on whose career goes back, well, it goes back to the age of four on the stage. I see that you were singing this little light of mine. This little light of mine. Oh, I love that song. It will never grow old. Yeah. My no. aunt taught it to me and I sang it. I was two and a half or something like that, two, two and a half years old. Yeah. So how does, um, well, first of all, let's start, but how, how did you get it? it was someone from Alberta, Canada. How did you get into, were you fascinated by films? Did you love movies as a kid and you really wanted to get into it? Or was it just something that, how did that come about? I was born in Alberta, Canada, outside of Calgary out on the prairie with no modern conveniences. I never saw a movie until we moved to Montana and I was 10 years old. Right. <laughs> our entertainment was in the back porch of grandpa and it was part of our lives. I, I came from um, uh, my grandma and grandpa. Grandpa was R Russian, grandma was Romanian and uh, they always had music going and dancing and all of that. So. But we never saw a movie. We didn't. Uh, I never knew they existed until we moved to Montana, Lewistown, Montana. And I saw uh, it was with Glenn Ford and Rita Hayworth. What was the movie? Something. Gilda. Gilda. The Gilda. Yep. Yeah, that's the first movie I ever saw. <laughs> well, what a film! To, what a film to start with. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's it's considered a, a classic. That there was somebody on this earth as beautiful as Rita Hayworth. I mean, you know, here I am, a ten-year-old kid, you know, and looking at something. I, th I thought you'd say there's somebody as handsome as Glenn Ford, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on the, as well. But uh, well, here's uh, what I'm going for. Him. Don't knock him. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, and then as time went on, my dad took us to the movies, and I fell in love with Margaret O'Brien as a child. Oh, all of her movies. I still watch Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. And Little Women. Yeah, so. There's a lot of, uh, That's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, just moving to the United States was uh, modern convenience. See, out on the farm, Kevin, we didn't have electric. We didn't have, we had outdoor toilets. We had a well in the middle of the city for water. A wood stove, I'm sure. You know, I mean, there were no modern conveniences at all. So, except so, with batteries. <laughs> yeah. So what you did then was, as you pointed out, you were doing like, you know, probably doing, you know, sketch skits out in the out in the back patio or out in the back, uh, you know, door. You, and it kind of leads to what your history is, at least the start is to do uh, theater, stage, yeah. Yeah. you know, singing and so forth. I guess, I guess that's kind of how you got into it. Yes, yeah. I, I started, you know, as a child when we were in the United States, uh, being in Christmas shows and Easter shows in church and things like that, you know. And, and then in Sacramento, um, I did, I started, that's where I did the first Shakespeare at the Little Eaglet Theater. I was Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. And I fell in love with Shakespeare <laughs> uh, ever since. And I've done several Shakespearean shows. And 
had wonderful directors. But I came to LA when I was, oh, well, in between 18 and 19 years old. Wow. And, and you get to, you, you studied with Stella only Adler. two of the greats, Jeff Corey and Stella Adler. Uh-huh. I'll say Stella Adler. Yeah. Which I still study today, even now. And, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's actually an answer that I usually get from a lot of uh, actors uh, because they, and they always say, I still haven't gotten it quite right. <laughs> like you're always um i remember one time in charlton heston somebody asked him uh will you ever retire and he said i'll retire when i get it right and i still haven't gotten it right or, 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 or olivier sure. when he did a fantastic performance in one of his plays i think it was romeo and juliet and they said what were you doing you were absolutely brilliant tonight and he got several comments that way, and he kept saying, I wish I knew what I did. I, didn't know. <laughs> I have no idea. He was in the moment, you know, and, and then it goes off to the gods and the, the theater gods. And um, sometimes we don't. And when you live in the moment, it's hard to say, well, what did I do? You know, can't do it. <laughs> Go ahead, Al, you had a question? Well, there, I would say there's a, a, a pianist, I think it is, that's uh, like 100 years old, and he points out he still practiced, and someone asked why, and he said, because I think I'm showing improvement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, I, right at, at this time, I'm with a group called The Cup of Water, and, and part of our program is we do songs and some of the dialogue from Broadway musicals. So there I am again with dialogue, pulling out Stella Adler again. <laughs> <laughs> the Broadway musicals that we do. We're senior citizens that perform for senior citizens is what we do. Yeah, that sort of thing. And so, oh, that sounds like fantastic fun. Yeah, it is. It is. Since I've, it's all, I've never done musicals, uh, and it was a whole new world for me. And I, I feel like a, you know, a kid again, just learning something new that I've never done, you know, in the past. Well, come on, you don't know musicals. You were singing at four, at age four. <laughs> I wasn't musicals too much. Uh, yeah, none actually. Yeah. Well, we didn't know they existed where I grew up, Kevin. Well, I'll tell you as, as much as I uh, I would love to talk to you about uh, about Perry Mason, uh -huh. the, the Western television that you did, General Electric Theater. You have a veritable who's who or what's what of of, of acting in the, the 1950s yeah. um, as a familiar face. But our audience base here is uh, uh, is goosebumps and gore and. Uh, <laughs> in, in horror, I got to ask you the very terrifying question of how did you become involved with John Agar and uh, this brain from Planet Eris thing? Okay, uh, <laughs> I had I was doing some television and it was a Doctor Christian and Jack Marquette was the first cameraman. Uh huh. And, and then I did a oh, I forgot what it was another show. 
man in the challenge. And Jack Marquette was the first cameraman. And so one day he came up to me and he said, I've, written, I've had a script written that I would like to produce. Hmm. And I wonder if you, it's a sci, it's a sci-fi, kind of a sci-fi thing. He said, and would you be interested? And of course, well, <laughs> oh yeah, I would be interested. So I read the script and I asked him when I auditioned. He says, well, I've seen your work. You've auditioned enough. And he said, if you want the part, it's yours. It's a budget film and uh, you've done enough theater that you can handle dialogue. So that's how I got into it, through Jack Marquette. And he produced it and was first cameraman on the movie. And then, of course, that's when I met Jan John Agar. Uh, now, as I recall, um, reading, uh, you know, somewhere years ago, that John Agar had the difficult time with those contact lenses that he was uh, oh, asked to wear. They were hard contact yeah. lenses. Talk about that for uh, uh, if, what you can recall. Well, as you notice, that everything was done in the close-ups with him in sure. a very short time. And they'd put some kind of drops in his eyes and wait a few minutes and then put those hard contacts in. And as the contacts were going in, the camera was running and then it would pan to him in a close-up. And uh, if you notice, he didn't stay in them very long. Right. He didn't wear contacts at all, so you can imagine how difficult it was for him. Well, they were a very new thing back then. Uh, you know, my my mother used to wear the hard contacts, and I know they blink hard the wrong way, and they just go shooting out of your eye. I know. I mean, you know. Well, he just he he had, he said in in several interviews it was just just excruciating, uh, you know, to to deal with, and and I think that's why, like you said, you he, know, it's only kept on for a couple of minutes to take a shot, and we're done. Yeah, and and of course, uh, uh, he didn't put them on too many times. Uh, uh, some, uh, they shot some close-ups of him, but I wasn't involved in that. I was getting ready to go into another scene and whatever. But then they used those, you know, for a close-up when he was uh, being Gore, the uh, mm. yeah, the, the the bad guy or the bad. Sure. And so, uh, but it was extremely painful for him. But you know, he was such a trooper about it. You know, you know, he didn't carry on. His eyes just watered buckets after he took them out. That's all. You know, I knew that. <laughs> now, what was what was Nathan Duran like? Um, I've understood that he was kind of an actor's director. Uh, yeah. You know. It wouldn't give you too much, you know, too much, you know, direction as far as character goes. How how was he? That's very true. He he was um, he was always the actor, and he mm -hmm. worked with both John and I so beautifully. Let us do our thing, and then we rehearsed it, and he would help us. Uh, one thing I remember about him: uh, there was like a five-page scene. Uh, with the camera do, moving into two shots and close-ups because they didn't have the money to cut. Okay, we're going to do a two-shot cut. We're going to do a close-up cut. We're going to do this and that. The camera kept moving. And so we did this almost five pages. And he came up to me 
No, I'm a greenhorn. I'll tell you another thing he helped me with tremendously in a minute, but uh, he said, now this, a lot of dialogue here. Do you think you can go through it? And I was thinking to myself, I just got through doing a Shakespeare play. What's his, what's his word? No, <laughs> excuse me. You know, what is he worried about? Well, I can't handle a few things. Well, I found out too that you have marks and you have to hit your marks because the camera needs you to hit your marks because it's really And he was so patient. In fact, he stopped and he rehearsed me going through the marks and told me, <coughs> and I was just getting over a cold, so I'm kind of going in and out. Sorry. <coughs> and he, all right, take time. he was very, he was wonderful. We rehearsed marks, if you can believe, because I had never done marks before. I mean, I did stage production, but I had never done marks, you know. So I learned about that. It was a big thing. And uh, yeah, he he was um, he was very special. I really I, I was really fortunate to have him so early in my career. You know. Now that uh, yeah, you mentioned hitting your marks and so forth. Uh, I think that's a constant um, comment among you know actors uh, in the interviews and so forth. They say yeah. when you're on a film set two things you need to uh, know where your marks are hit your marks and have somebody um, provide the eyeline for you yeah and uh, I would imagine that John was pretty good with uh, uh, you know with that he standing did. in to give you the eyeline no he didn't have any he didn't have any problem hitting his no. no yeah he was uh, he was just fine I had never I I, I I just, um, well, when I did the Dr. Christian, I was a young woman uh, struggling to stay alive and having a baby. So there were no marks there. I was in bed, you know, and the other show, I, whatever I did, I didn't move very much. I forgot what that was about. And, but when I did more of the man and the challenge, then I was it's much better technically you know knowing yeah. about marks and things like that so well, all i know is that you did a lot of you did a lot of wells fargo or tales of wells fargo a lot of, a lot of wagon train okay. uh you were on just about every western series uh <laughs> known well, uh and, and you were on um perry mason yeah i did several of those and i so want to you know want to ask you about because i want to you know, hear what you had to say about raymond burr uh -huh. uh, because everybody loves, uh, you know, loves Raymond. Uh, you know, it seems everybody that I talk to that worked with him, they just loved Raymond Burr and uh, and so forth. But we'll we'll stay on we'll stay on the uh, the brain from Planet Eris. <laughs> did did you did you ever take a, t a moment with John or with Nathan and say this is really silly, fun stuff? You know, when you're going over the script. Uh, did you have a bit of the giggles? No. No. Not a bit. I was. I. I. I <laughs> or were you just thrilled to be working? I was so thrilled to be working, but you know, I. Uh, 
the thing is, I did a lot of theater. Mm -hmm. Totally are committed. And I, whether I was on the camera or off the camera, I never dropped my character. I never dropped the idea. I was, and I think people, <laughs> John probably picked that up and went right along with me on a lot of stuff. Uh, whether he was tongue in cheek on the side, I know Henry sometimes was, and they would be kibitzing and everything. But I, uh, no, I, I figured that wasn't my job. Oh, I was, uh, uh, you know, I had no sense of humor at all, Kevin. So were you the person who <laughs> stayed in terrible. character throughout the entire shoot? Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I could... Because because when you do a scene on stage and you'd run backstage because you're not in the next two scenes, you're still hanging on to your character. At least I did. You know, De Niro was so fanatic about that. You'd heard about him. He goes in his dressing room and when he's doing a movie, you never see him. Right. Only on camera. So you were basically Jared Leto before Jared Leto. Uh, what was that? I was saying you were Jared Leto before there was Jared Leto. The guy <laughs> who would just stay in character, you know, and from his apartment to the set. Oh, really? Back home. <laughs> right? oh, One character. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, De Niro, as I understand it, people never saw him on the set in between, you know. He was always in his dressing room. Never kibitz around. Well, I have to admit, uh, as I got more professional and 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 did more work, because I did a lot. Um, I love the guys behind the camera, and I would have lunch. They'd be on the set, not going anywhere, having lunch, and I would sit there and have my lunch with them because they were all from old movies doing now television and they had wonderful stories and some of them were very funny and I enjoyed hearing them talk because once I came to the United States I was the teenager that had my wall full of movie stars from the magazines you know cut out and then I would send away for pictures once you found out what a movie was right oh yeah <laughs> I was just all enthralled with the movies yeah yeah, I love them. And I, I and then Mario Lanza came on the scene. And here we are. I was 15, walking down the hall singing, Lord, doing Mario Lanza from the great Caruso, if you can imagine. And we all fell in love with Mario Lanza. <laughs> we are just totally in love with him oh i had pictures of him all over the place in my wallet in my desk i had him all over the place it was so funny but i mean here he is i mean you know uh, uh, a teenager in love with an opera star you know it was weird but no 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 <laughs> no no not no it wasn't to me at that time. I was, I was so in love with him. I bet there are lots of opera stars who want girls to be in love with them. Trust me. <laughs> so, And you'd have been quite the girl to have in love with you. <laughs> so why do you think Brain is still popular enough today that it's getting a Blu-ray 
uh, you know, reissue, we're going to, or Blu-ray, you know, issuing, we're going to talk about that because you have, uh, you're involved with that, um, uh, in, uh, in, in aspects of that as well. Why do you think some 60 years plus later, people are still fond of the brain from planet Eris? You tell me and I will, you tell me and then I'll know. <laughs> I, I, I have a cup. I have a theory. Yeah, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I don't feel too good some days or feeling sorry for my, I open up my drawer there and pull out all my fan mail. <laughs> and, I, and all of a sudden I, th I find out how wonderful I am and so then I go oh that's nice I have no idea I think it's the and I find myself doing this too which made me come to the realization like oh I, I'm involved in this um, because we're, we're I always say almost every we're, we're, we're a fan before you know at the end of the day mm -hmm. we, we love this stuff um, if we weren't doing a podcast we'd still be watching you know horror movies and thriller movies that's what we like right um, and I find myself um, finding the the uh, the convenience of not only DVD or Blu-ray um, because those are becoming a little bit harder to find uh, because they're on less storefronts. But uh, online media, particularly streaming, um, if it's not on YouTube, it's on one of a slew of platforms now um, that oh, you can my find goodness. Yeah. by the click of your remote. Um, you have access to now hundreds, if not thousands, of titles, both mainstream sure. and uh, films you never heard of. In fact, yesterday I was watching something, uh, I think it was from 2015, 2016, Shock Till You Drop did uh, the top 100 movies you've never heard of. And I'm watching it, right? And, it, and there was, I was surprised there was a number of guests that they had talking about the movie that we found on the show. Uh, like Fleet Mora, uh, Joe Castro, a uh, number of actors. Um, and all of these films, as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, that's that's a pretty interesting movie. I go through it, and it's available for streaming. It's on Tubi, it's on Amazon, it might be on Netflix. Um, I, I think it's, we're no longer chained to the, the Hollywood video, the blockbuster new release shelf, right, of movies that they have. Um, we are now open to everything um if it can if it's on uh film it can be transferred over right if it's on vhs it can be converted to dvd if it's on dvd it converted to blu-ray it could be converted to an online media i i think we're, we're at an age it's a really fun age to be a fan of horror because it's a wonderful age for you can be exposed to all walks of horror right and you and people who may not have even known about your film maybe 10 years ago, right? Know about it now. You're like, I, oh my God, I just discovered this. I'm so sorry. I know this movie is 30, 40 plus years. I, know. I just found it and it, it was amazing, right? We're no longer chained to the new releases or the archive of uh, a rental store, although I do lament those because I love going through them and, and shopping the titles and looking at all the coverage, right? And I was the guy that had four or five titles uh, bringing to the front and only had time to watch three of them. I just couldn't leave the others behind. <laughs> and so I, I would incur late fees. You're the one that's sucking up all the new movies. I know, watch. right? I'll be the first one in there Tuesday, right? <laughs> and they'd still be gone. <laughs> yeah. You get I, I just think it's just the convenience and the technology. Movies. Yeah. You know, they, they, all, almost all the old movies are coming back. I've gotten fan mail as far as Denmark, Japan, 
all of that, you know, and so those movies are going everywhere, you know, and it's so interesting. I think that um, uh, we, I think in the brain from Planet Eros, our director let John and I be totally committed and believable of what we, what we were faced with, even though it was ridiculous as it might be. We were committed. I mean, that brain really existed for me. And, I, and John was the same way, a very, you know, I think it's one of his good jobs. And for some reason, I get comments like that from the fans and uh, how much they enjoyed it. And they, they, they watch it now. They're all out getting the Blu-ray, but their comments are another thing. They're saying it's so wonderful, especially from the women, that they say a woman was strong enough and not a total screaming victim all the time. Sure. Or bimbo. One of them used the word bimbo. Some people say she was uh, just an average person, but I had a girl, you know, she loved her man and she was going to do what she could to save him. And it was that sort of thing. And I get all those kind of comments. Uh, all the time. So the comments are always uh, very, very much into the work that we did, uh, Kevin, which right. surprises me, really, you know? So do you... Um... I mean, not a pinup in the movie, let's face it. <laughs> no, no, you actually, you're one of the early examples of a very strong character, huh? um, a very strong heroine. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you still keep in touch with, uh, let's say, with Bob Fuller, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, regarding, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the film? I know that you've done some appearances over the last number of years with, uh, with Bob at Western shows and so forth. Yeah, uh, memorabilia. Right. In contact. Uh, when he lived in the Valley, sometimes when I was in the Valley, we would uh, meet... But, you know, I think he moved uh, last night, you know, Texas or someplace. He moved out of state. Right. And that makes it hard. Never once in a while I run into a, um, a memorabilia with him. And I was always uh, surprised to see when he was alive. John was at a lot of memorabilia. And then. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. there, you know, he was very popular. And John, uh, you see, I, one of the reasons I think. One of the things I think, it, the, one of the reasons why I think the film succeeds uh, to this day is that John, guys like John know his audience and uh, he, he, he loves his, uh, you know, his audience. People loved him uh, and he kind of has that personality that whatever film he's in, it kind of carries over. So even if the film is not so great, it's still memorable enough for fans of John. But in this case, this film is incredibly well written and it stands on its on its own with just the added, you know, gloss of John Agar, uh, you know, being in it. So you got um, you got called recently from Tim Schechter to uh, direct or to um, appear it looks like it's a, it's a short that's going to be for uh, a video segment that's going to be for, is that for 
reissue of the DV of the Blu-ray for Blame from Brain from Planet Eris, or what's this all about? Called Not the Same Old Brain. Well, Not the Same Old Brain is the title of the interview that we did. Right. That twenty, that little twenty-minute. Well, sure. uh, David Schechter wrote it. Okay. Directed it. And what? Josh Kennedy in Texas. Uh huh. Uh, he knew of him uh, when he was going to college. The three of us put that thing together. Now it does show that you uh, enlist uh, as your character of Sally Fallon being a part of this uh, interview. Are you are you stepping into character uh, at all in this bit? Yes, I do. When I put the pith helmet on, I'm definitely Sally. Okay. And with the pith helmet off, I'm Joyce again. You know. So Josh Kennedy is a is a friend of the show, and he's been on our show before, Has and he? he's a tremendous oh, young, he's a wonderful guy. Tremendous yeah. So we'll I, give a shout out to Josh. Thank you for participating in this. Oh golly, yes. And David's known him since he well while he was in college and his family and stuff. So um, he's known him for quite a long time. And he said to me, he said, "This what we do is being sent to." Uh, somebody by the name of Josh, and he is so talented as a, uh, you know, as an editor. And of course, I found out that Josh does that, but he also likes to act and and direct. Well, do the it big all. thing is he is the he is a fanboy. He <laughs> is a fan of that. Oh yeah, generation of film. Uh huh. And so, so yeah. <laughs> but, oh. And people kept asking. David, what camera were you using? Did you hear about that? They, several times. We, we had lots of interviews uh, while they were promoting the Blu-ray. Some of them were over the phone. Some of them, most of them were on Zoom. And and a couple we had together. And they said, "What camera did you use?" It was, you know, it was shot. So it was so nicely shot. And he had to confess it was his cell phone. <laughs> he put his cell phone there, and that's that was his camera. And it's it's that, a lot of people's cameras these days. I mean, you can shoot it. I'm I'm on my camera right now, my phone right now, so mm -hmm. it works. And it I mean, works, I, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And the film director, you know, that's part of the organization. They're the ones that approached me about the Blu-ray, uh, doing the Blu-ray, and. Um, and and doing the introduction to it and of course david said why should we do just a plain old introduction and he says i've written something <laughs> i said uh-oh okay <laughs> here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I I'm a blow dryer for you know checking out the 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 brains that are around. I, I just want to say very quickly, I think I said Tim Schechter, and it is David Schechter uh, who has uh, directed the short for the Blu-ray edition. So uh -huh. apologies for the error. <laughs> it's okay, Kevin. All right. Uh, yeah, so, and I am amazed to how, how well they, uh, how, how nicely they put the Blu-ray together like that it sure um it sure makes the brain look a lot better <laughs> well you know technology has come a long way and uh -huh. uh, on my show i show a lot of science fiction as well i'm a, I'm a big science fiction geek and 
you were in Men Into Space. You're an episode of that. Do you remember that at all? Yes. I have to ask if she remembers it because it was that great of a show. Yes, I do. I remember that. I'm looking at uh, me, but I don't, you know, I, well, I can't list. Uh, well, you've been I, on so many wonderful shows. That I have on things because when I had to use a resume, they couldn't be coming to four or five pages. And I said, partial list, partial list, <laughs> partial list. No, I just wondering if you remembered anything from it you could share with us because I, I enjoy the series. Uh, not too much. Uh, if you ask me a question, I'll let my, you know, mem try to get my recall memory going back. Well, I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I, I played a housewife. I played the. I played a wife of one of the astronauts. Yes. And I, when they were leaving, or he was leaving. I thought, where in the hell was that director? I was just too damn casual for him going into outer space like he was doing. I said, God, you know, I mean, I didn't like that scene at all. I thought it was, I thought that, I thought that's a director's fault. <laughs> well, that, in that series, it was her like, yes, I'm going to space. Like I'm catching the, the next flight to Washington or something. It was just uh, a very uh, out of hand. I'll just go to the space. No, that's just an actor griping about something, you know, and so on. But we do gripe. I no. remember one, one I time totally I said I was very upset over something else, and, and I went to makeup, and and, and the too bad makeup man opened up his mouth and said, "Don't get so upset. Just it's just television. Get your money and run." Oh my God. Even matter. And I said, if when I start feeling that way, I'm going to shoot myself. Do you understand? <laughs> Mind for the baseball bat. Yeah. Progressions. I mean, jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, take your money and run. Thing is, they're working here. <laughs> so yeah, I remember that, and uh, you know, I remember being very upset over that scene. But you'll have to ask me questions about the other parts. I'm trying to remember. As I recall, I think that was your role. Is it why did you bring that up, Al? Excuse me for interrupting you. Why did no, you? No. Why did Go you bring up that? Why did I bring that up? Uh, on my show, sometimes a movie will run short. I have a a length I have to achieve, uh -huh. and so if I need a bit of filler for a very short movie, I will use an episode of that. And so that's how I, I found it. I had never heard of it before. I never seen it before. And I found a number of wonderful series. In fact, you know, we were just talking a bit about uh, all these, uh, uh, you know, the, the GM Hour show and whatever. Yeah. Electric, General Electric Theater and so forth. And I love going through those old shows when I can find them because sometimes they've got some really cool stuff in there. Uh, I'm surprised it's not well, well known because it's a show yeah. that has William Lundigan uh was a was a big star back the back yeah. in the day but it's what happens sometimes kevin they go into a vault they don't know where it is uh i did a western walk tall and they said that show was lost forever because it's somewhere in underground in a cave or a vault or something mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm getting fan mail uh sent me the the person sent me a copy of it and ask for a picture. Because they found 
they found it somewhere. Yeah, and started playing it on the Western stations, I guess, or something. It's strange. I've done that myself where I've found a film and I go to see someone at a memorabilia show, an actor or actress, and I'll tell them, uh, I'll mention the film, and they'll tell me, can you get me a copy of that? Because I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that. I haven't, you know, seen it in years or whatever. And I'd send them one. I, I did one for uh, Brett Halsey. Oh, uh, did a film and I, I had watched, I found it and uh, he I hadn't seen it. I'm sorry. I did a film with him. One. Yeah, he, he is uh, he is a doll because he sent me a very nice letter back uh, that said, thank you so much for, uh, you know, for, for sending it. So I could see it takes fans to find these, uh, you know, these films sometimes. You know, <laughs> yes, it does. And they, um, they're always so willing. I think that's how I got copies of the Perry Masons from fans, actually. Yeah. I was talking about uh, sci fi. I was at a convention talking to. Oy vey. Uh, one of the Tarzans, I think he was in the TV series Tarzan. Ron Eli? Uh, he was also in Gilligan's Island as the same sort of character. Oh, Denny Miller. That's it, uh, Denny Miller. Yeah. yeah. He was in an episode of Quark, and I just bought the DVD set, and he was asking if I could send him his episode because he had never seen it before. Wow. So, and he was great. He was a great guy to chat with. You should tell him I could I could I could forward on also your segment in the Brady Bunch if you uh, if you wanted to see that yeah. Oh, did you know that when the brain came out? Huh? I forget what small town it was in California, uh -oh. but we had a little premiere. It was up on the marquee. I forgot all about that, and it was like a little premiere, and I forget the town. Was there a float of a giant brain or something that was... Oh, that uh, would have been awesome. No, no there was just... Brain balloons for the kids. That's it. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, they were... Um, wow. Trying to remember the town, but... Um, I wonder if the town remembers. <laughs> no, probably not, because it was, you know, like in the 50s. Mm -hmm. They remember from there. Yeah. But it's amazing that people are still talking about this film six decades later. <laughs> or, tell see. me about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, I tell you what, that little guy brain, that film has followed me around and haunted me my whole career in one way or another. <laughs> well, you're smiling about it, so I don't think you're having too terrible of a time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> featured in it came from yes what was that I thought he's played for brains <laughs> no it was it was actually one of the films that's um featured with clips and and sketches in it came from hollywood um the 1982 uh um uh, compilation feature that was uh that has john candy and dan Aykroyd. yeah dan Aykroyd. right and they're uh, spoofing uh they're they're doing sketches around these uh what they call these camp or bad films and uh but that one gets uh gets a lot of play and uh i would imagine that mystery science theater has probably done something on it 
Oh, I probably, huh? I don't yeah. know. But, um, but yeah, there's just, I think, you know, when I was acting, there was not any, there, there, there wasn't any opportunities for new people to get going behind the camera as far as directing, you know, camera work and writing and producing and stuff. I mean, it, there was colleges that went in for that. But with the cell phone that came out and all the other electronics, all of these young people have the whole world opened up to them to be able to create and do films and, and present them. You know, in Tampa, Florida, I have a friend that lives there and she was she's an actress and is teaching um, acting school there. They have more film festivals with new people doing film. There's film festivals going on there all the time. It's just wonderful. Yeah. But well, we certainly can appreciate a good film festival. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad mine is like within, there's no now. other horror film festival. It's going to be within <laughs> a two and a half hour radius. Hey, Anthony. So I'm good with that. Anthony, I can we, live with that. Anthony, we should have a film festival. What, what do you should, think? We should put one on. In Red Bluff. How about it one in Red Bluff? I know a theater. <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, sure. I know a guy. <laughs> you know, Joyce, you just gave us a great idea. We'll do a film festival. We'll do it in Red Bluff. Well, and we can do it this year. You know? And I, I can make it short for our last guest. We talked about doing the revamping his movie from Monster Squad. <laughs> there you go. sequel. <laughs> But it, it, it's a funny story because today I, I was uh, basically my free time. All I'm doing is reviewing submissions and I came across one today. I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I, it, it's accepted. It's a grisly film. It is it's bloody. It's short. It's very well done. It could very well be like a, a, a 10 minute clip from uh, a larger movie with a big budget. That's how impressive it was. And um, I kind of you know, dug around and I found the filmmaker's Instagram page. Huh. And he, he must have had 50 different film festival laurels. <laughs> Just every <laughs> every post was another film festival that he got accepted. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, there's just so many now. <laughs> well, they're, they're all over. I think Sundance started all Scrolling and scrolling <laughs> and scrolling. Like you're the Wheel of Fortune, right? Spin that number. <laughs> So there, there are a large number, but you know, it, it's still not, it's not easy to hold a successful one. Anybody, I've seen a lot that crop up around the Bay Area. I, I won't stand too long. A lot of cropped up um, when I was, because I put out a couple of shorts myself um, when I was dabbling in film and I had two completed and I was looking to submit it. And I came across about nine names in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, four were actually active the others had just created a website name and a film free page and they didn't do anything um so starting a film festival is one um signing a deal with a theater and actually bringing an audience and doing it year over year over year while building a brand is something completely different so um i would say you know kudos to those who have built names that have, have showed staying power even through the pandemic and um you know for those that you know want to become big, it takes work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work and dedication. And most of the time, uh, you're probably not going to turn a profit for the first few years unless you struggle. Uh, but That'd it's still fun. 
yeah. someone trying to put a film festival together and horrible things happen. Yeah. So yeah. Joyce, what what do you have? Uh, you had aside from the um, the video short that you're doing with uh, David Schechter and Josh Kennedy, um, is there um, anything else that you're uh, uh, that you're doing? Uh, are you still involved in in acting? Are you considering uh, you know doing anything in front of a camera? Are you writing? Writing? <laughs> uh, I keep being hounded about writing my autobiography, and I go, there are 30,000 actors that have their autobiographies out there. I think everything, you know, I mean, give me a break. Uh, you know, what? You know, I worked, you know. Uh, anyway, I, I haven't thought about writing. Um, the only thing I ever thought about writing is when I went to Vietnam and entertained the troops over there, even though I was against the war, I went over there for the poor guys that were there. Well, that's and a story in itself. Yes, no, that's that a, is definitely a story in itself. Yeah, that's yes. worth telling. 19, I was 1969, the war was still on, to the USO. Uh, a comic who sang, and myself, and three musicians. You didn't go over with Bob Hope or something, anything like that? We were stuck. We went where, of course, Bob Hope wouldn't go, you know, and couldn't go. Sure, sure. And sure. yeah, we did two shows a day out of Saigon and never touched ground except on the bases. Everything I flew, I was flown in every kind of helicopter that was ever made military wise. Oh, wow. 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 My associate that helps me with my show was there at the time uh, on the ground doing the, the stuff that no one wanted to do. Um, and uh, he probably didn't get to see any of your shows, but yeah, I'm sure he would have appreciated it. Yeah. He always tells stories about the truth being in a base in Southeast Asia. What's happening to the sound? Oh, yeah, we lost your, we lost your audio out. We'll have to get that a little bit. So, so where can uh, yeah, Joyce? Like, I'm guessing, are you doing? Do you do conventions, memorabilia shows at all? Um, I've been doing the last one I did was in Philadelphia. It was a wonderful one. I don't, uh, I don't search them out. Uh, no. They kind of find you, don't they? Yeah. Um, they. I haven't done well. <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on because for three years we've had to deal with COVID. But um, I've been singing with the, with the group and doing a Christmas show and patriotic show and right. and right now we're doing South Pacific and uh, Guys and Dolls. My ability to the reason I stopped television because television moves very fast. Not too long ago. Yes. Well, one day I started, I memorized five lines before I went to bed, huh. got up the next morning and go, what were those five lines I've memorized? That's like, you know, and I knew that was the end of my life because you, you know, that's the way television works. You get a script, you learn the scene, you get up the next day and you're on the set doing it. And um, I, I can't retain that well anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh can't talk about it too much it's it's uh, it, it's uh, the theater 
I haven't done that because I'm chicken out about learning a whole play. Maybe I'll stop doing that, but uh, it's, um, it, it, there's a, you know, I, I was born to the purple, as they say in the theater. <laughs> It's, it's my first love. It's the reason I've had divorces. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a performer. That's sure. it. And sure. it's like losing the love of your life, not right. being able to perform in every way you want to. Wow. And I'll start crying in a couple of minutes, so maybe better sometime. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, w I will tell you, it's been a joy to have you on our, uh, our <laughs> show here. Um, yeah. If, if if do you have a website if fans want to reach out to Joyce. you? Well, yes, I do. It's JoyceMeadows.net. It's a web page. Okay. And all my pictures are on it, and some of my shows are on there, and the advertisement for. I mean, there's a lot of information on it. David Chesker worked it out with me, and he's a computer that can create that kind of thing, and. I've been ever grateful to him, but I get a lot of fan mail through PayPal because of the web page. Sure. Now, uh, you may snowcaps.net. You may actually want to uh, to keep in touch with. I was going to say keep in touch with Al Omega because I was sure he'd love to have you on his uh, on his show via Zoom or something. Oh, uh, yes. Because he talks, he shows the very films that you're. The very films like Brain from Planet Eris. Well, and Men in Space. Sure, and Men in Space. Well, just give me an email. Oh, uh, my email for you guys are is uh, if you want to put it down. It's very simple though. It's Joyce Meadows in all caps two at gmail .com. Excellent. Is that available publicly? Huh? Is that available publicly? Yeah, we we want to. Do you want us to cut it I from the? Uh, uh, you know, cut it from the. I'm sure you don't want yeah, everybody. Uh, cut all that from the. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just for you. I, I don't want, you know, for a good time, uh, email Joyce Meadows at on um, uh, bathroom stalls. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll mean, cut that a little bit. You can leave the web page on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. No. Okay. This one. No. Be so kind not to do that. Yeah. Thank I, you. I should think about that, but then, yeah. But uh, anytime, Al. You oh, thank you. Email me and let me know. And if you want to put thank my you. email address on a bathroom wall somewhere for a good time, call uh, Al Omega at thecreaturefeatureshow at hotmail.com. That's perfectly fine by me because you won't get one, but all the Well, Al, you want to go ahead and take us out? Take us out, Al. <laughs> oh, that's our. Well, folks, that looks like that's our time. That's our show tonight. We have the wonderful Joyce Meadows here. Thank you so much for being here with us. And remember to watch horror films. Keep America strong. Oh, yes. God bless America. That's we our time, everyone. Enjoy horror. Nice talking to you, Kevin. Nice talking to you, Anthony, and you, Alex. God, you guys are wonderful.